In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Divine Mercy Sunday to everybody. Today, uh, it's technically actually still Easter. Um, Easter is actually eight days, so that means like eight days of, of eating like junk and cake and pasta. Uh, so I don't know if you're still doing that, but I still feel like I just like need to hit up the gym right now. So, as, uh, as we continue our celebration, as we continue to meditate on the, the resurrection of our Lord today, Jesus is giving us and he's transforming our understanding of how does God work with man? How does man kind of imagine God? Or how do we look at God? And how does God actually really deal with us? Uh, today we, uh, we celebrate this, uh, this feast called Divine Mercy Sunday. Really, this gospel helps us understand what is divine mercy all about. The apostles today in, in, the, uh, in the gospel, what are they doing? They're, they're stuck in a room, and they've locked all the doors, and they're in this room, and they're afraid. They're probably disappointed that they, either they're disappointed that Jesus has died, this man that they have given their lives up for, has died, or they're beating themselves up because they betrayed their best friend, who they gave up their life for, or all They've isolated themselves. They're discouraged. They're disappointed. They hate themselves. They're disgusted with themselves. They think that God has abandoned them. They're despairing. In this, what does Jesus do? As they're in this room, and it says that the room was locked for a reason. What is God trying to say to us? That, that oftentimes... When we are disappointed, when we are angry with ourselves, when we're disappointed with ourselves, when we're in sin, or when we're in pain and suffering, what we do is we lock the doors against God. We lock the doors against God. And we put a block there. What is that block? What is that locked door? What is the root of that? The root of that is, I'm going to say this, it's our pride. And, and, and particularly, what is this pride? I would say that this pride is really rooted sometimes in a unwillingness to believe that God is bigger than everything. That God is bigger than my pain and my suffering, and that God is even bigger than my sin. So what do we do? We do what we do is we isolate ourselves, and then we dwell on the past. We obsess about the past. We obsess about, how did I do that? Why did I do that? And what was I thinking? And how could I have done that? And if I was a good person, I wouldn't have done that. Or we have sense about how did that person do this to me? Why did that person do this to me? Who did this person think they are? Or God, where were you? God, why didn't you care? God, if you cared, you would have been there. And our, our minds just race. Our minds race. And it really just becomes compulsion. We can't even stop. This is really where the apostles were, just before Jesus appears to them. When Jesus comes, he comes in the midst of this isolation, this depression, this anxiety, this obsession of their past, not wanting to forgive themselves, their pride, their ego being hurt. Jesus comes in, and what does he say to them? He says, peace be with you. Peace. 
When we choose not to forgive ourselves, and oftentimes we, we say, oh yeah, I believe God forgave me. But deep down in our hearts, we haven't forgiven ourselves. When we do this, what we're doing is we're doing the very opposite of what Jesus is asking us to do, is to trust. And when we trust, what comes with trusting God is peace. Why can't we trust God? What has Jesus done for us not to trust? Okay, we can come up with many things that he hasn't done. Well, Lord, you haven't given me the job that I wanted. Lord, you haven't given me this. Lord, you haven't given me that. We can do that. But what has God actually done to us to tell us that we can't trust What Jesus wants, and this is why he came to St. Faustina in the 1940s. This is St. Faustina, by the way. I love her. He came to her, and he started to appear to her, and he started to tell her, Can you tell humanity that what hurts me most, what pains me most, is not their sins. It's not all of the the stealing and the lying and the adultery and the the impurity and all of this stuff that we think. Yes, it does hurt God, but what what hurts Jesus the most is when we isolate, when we lose faith, and we do not trust in God's mercy. And when we allow our pride to stand between us and God. Now, I might be speaking to some people in this church who might be thinking, well, I don't really have that many sins, Father. I'm, I'm, I'm really a great person. I'm not really talking to you, okay? Because in order for us to really experience God, we need to repent and recognize that we've sinned. We need to recognize where we have gone wrong. Now, this recognition, this repentance, should not lead us to isolation and to depression and to discouragement and to giving up. It should lead us to want to run into Jesus, not to run away from Jesus. Like a person who's ill, recognizing they're ill, what do they do? They run to the doctor. Do we see Jesus as divine physician? Or do we run away? Do we isolate? That's what Thomas said, right? Thomas wasn't even there when Jesus first came. Where was Thomas? Thomas wasn't there because he literally just cut it all off. He was done. He was done with God. He was done with Jesus. He was done with the apostles. He was done with them all. He wanted to give up. But when he decides, eight days later it says, when he decides to come back and be with his brothers, come back to the church to be with his brothers, Jesus comes in. I really believe that Jesus comes back specifically for Thomas. Here he came to the other apostles. Now you would think that Jesus would have been like, well, you know what, Thomas, that's your fault. You ran away. You chose to run away. I'm not going to waste my time and come to you. That's not how, how God thinks. That's how the devil thinks. The devil is the one that puts those nasty thoughts in our head. God doesn't love you. God has left you. God is disgusted with you. Give up on prayer. Give up on church. You know, God has left you. God has abandoned you. That's all from the devil. All of it. It's all shame from the devil. Jesus comes into Thomas the shame. And he says to Thomas, Thomas, I want you to come here. I don't want you to just see me. I want you to touch. Touch me. Now, 
we may be looking at this on the surface and think, okay, well, Jesus is just telling Thomas, like, hey, Thomas, you know, I'm going to say to Jesus that guy, you know, 10 days ago, and, you know, touch my hands, believe that I'm the same Jesus that was on the cross, now I'm alive. It's not just that. It goes even deeper. What Jesus is saying to Thomas is he's saying, Thomas, I know your pain. Touch my wounds. Touch my side. See that I know what this despair and this discouragement and this sin and this darkness and this anxiousness and this fear, I know what it feels like because I've been there before. I was on the cross. Now, every time, my brothers and sisters, and the, you know, this is why Jesus is doing this. You know, he's saying peace, but he's showing us his doing. And what he's saying to us is, trust that I know what you're feeling. And my mercy is your peace. My mercy is your peace. And his mercy, what he told St. Faustina, is that God's mercy seeks the most miserable. God's mercy seeks misery. Any kind of misery. Anxiety, fear, depression, sin, all of this. That Jesus told St. Faustina that the darker one's soul is, the darker one's soul is, the more his mercy thirsts for him. Do we believe that about God? Do we trust in God's love mercy? Do we see God being merciful like this? Or do we listen to our shame that the devil puts in us and we run away in isolation and discouragement and anger and anxiety? We need to keep running back to the, the, the fountain of mercy. We need to keep, run, keep running back. And what is the fountain of mercy? The fountain of mercy is right here, guys. It's in the Eucharist. This is where we experience peace. This is where we experience freedom. This is where we experience freedom and love and acceptance, even in our darkness, even in our sin. But do we believe that? Do we trust you know, the Divine Mercy picture Jesus said to St. Faustino, he said, I want everybody to, to put this picture in their home. So if you don't have the Divine Mercy picture, I highly encourage you to get one. And what he said was, he said that special graces will be given to those who gaze. Not just look at it, we all on it, I can just walk away. No, no, he says, those who gaze upon this image will experience will experience a transformation. Why? Because he wants us to remember that if you can trust even against all odds, even when you're in the worst sin or you're in the worst situation possible, if you can trust in that moment, this is when God wants to do the greatest work. What did he do with Thomas? Thomas, who was unbelieving, who was angry, who was anxious, put it all together, put, fill in the blank. What did Jesus do with Thomas? Thomas was actually the one who evangelized the Chaldeans. You and I would not be in this church and we would not have our Catholic faith if it wasn't for St. Thomas. So that shows us that if we do not run away from God, if we allow God to come into the room of our darkness and our anxiety, God can and will transform us. If we want Him to. If we allow Him to, He will and wants to transform us. 
So this divine mercy image is so much more than just seeing Jesus put his hand up and giving peace. It's his love, it's his mercy, and he's inviting us. He's saying to us, come, be washed in my blood and water. Be washed and be renewed. That I want to make you a saint. I want to do amazing things with you. If you allow, if you believe, and if you trust in me. So as we look upon this mission today, as we pray the chapel of divine mercy today, let us remember that Jesus' love and mercy is much greater than any, 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 any sin. You can come up with a billion sins. It is literally like a drop of water in the whole entire ocean. Even the ocean is a tiny drop of water in comparison to God's love and mercy. That when we're in our sin and in our dark place, what is Jesus doing? Do you know what Jesus is doing in heaven right now? Anybody have any idea? He's not eating pacha and chocolate, okay? Which is what many of us did in the past week. Jesus is literally in heaven right now, standing before God the Father, and he's showing the Father his wounds. And he's saying to God the Father, look at what I went through for each and every one of you. Have mercy on myself. Have mercy on myself. This is what we're praying in the chapter. This is what we're praying in the Mass. We're offering up the death and resurrection of Jesus. And we're saying, Father, look upon us. Have mercy on us. Give us strength. Give us courage. Give us peace. Give us trust. So today in the Mass, let us pray from all of our hearts. And let's renew our trust in the Lord. And our trust in the Lord will give us the greatest peace that God wants to give us Of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. We trust in you.